You are listening to the Indie Audio. This is the October 2019 edition of the Independent. This next article is a book review, Old Words, New Meanings, a review of Bhaskar Sankara's Socialist Manifesto, The Case for Radical Politics in an Era of Extreme Inequality, and of Astra Taylor's Democracy May Not Exist, But We Will Miss It When It's Gone. Written by Steve Sherman. Only 10 years ago, the meanings of democracy and socialism seemed stable in the United States. The U.S. was a democracy, while socialism had few defenders outside of marginal corners of academia and cultish groups that no one paid attention to. Most radical activists would say that they were promoting social justice, or racial, or global justice. Although Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, an avowed democratic socialist, had been in Washington for close to two decades, few paid much mind. Things are very different now. We have a president who disrespects such basic democratic norms as elections and the rule of law. Simultaneously, critics of the undemocratic nature of the Electoral College and the Senate have become more widespread, raising the question of how much of a democracy the U.S. really is. Sanders has reshaped discourse in the Democratic Party, and in his wake, the Democratic Socialists of America have flourished. Two highly relevant new books take socialism and democracy as their respective topics. Bhaskar Shankara, founding editor and publisher of Jacobin Magazine, seeks to sharpen our understanding of socialism's history and its potential in the Socialist Manifesto. The filmmaker and author Astra Taylor seeks to reground democracy in more utopian terms than the liberal resistance of Donald Trump. With democracy may not exist, but we'll miss it when it's gone. Both are well worth reading, despite their limitations. The Socialist Manifesto begins with speculative fiction about how a worker at the bottling plant for Bon Jovi Pasta Sauce, a real company, might experience change under the existing rules of the United States, Sweden, and socialist future that allows the populist presidency of Bruce Springsteen. This is an amusing premise, but I also found it odd. Although plenty of American workers do work in factories, most do not, and service workers and public sector workers face different challenges. Given what Americans pay for housing, medical care, and to borrow money, it's unclear whether more surplus is flowing into the hands of capitalists through workplace exploitation or through rent-seeking. Sankara ignores this and other matters that make present-day political economy complicated more complicated than workers versus owners and bosses. He doesn't discuss the transformation of American family life by the imperative that all able-bodied adults should be working. Nor racial divisions. Nor does the intense connectivity that has turned every waking hour into a stew of work, consumerism, social life, financial management, and more factor in. Above all, the threat to existence posed by the rapacious exhaustion in the natural environment is only a perfunctory mention. Speculative fiction is nice, but at the starting point, it doesn't really resemble the present. What is the point? Sankara goes on to outline a history of capitalism and socialism. He locates the beginning of capitalism in the 18th century England with the birth of the industrial working class, ignoring the European conquest of the Americas and the creation of transatlantic slavery more than two centuries earlier. As in the first chapter, wage laborers are foregrounded at the expense of other hierarchical identities. A brief history of socialist parties follow. This is the strongest part of the book. Sankara judiciously maps the challenges and dilemmas faced by early socialists, and his assessments are balanced rather than crude and cheerleading for one figure or another. But as he moves to the history of post-World War II globe, he shows no interest in the efforts towards unity in the Global South led by developing nations in the 1970s, or the renewed internationalism of the World Social Forum. Nor does he have much to say about the explosion of social movements in the 60s in the U.S. Can the story of American socialism be told without a glance at the way the struggle in black communities became class struggle, for instance, the black-led auto workers revolutionary union movement in Detroit? Without the role of Malcolm X or the Black Panthers or the 68 strike by sanitation workers in Memphis, Tennessee, which socialist sympathizer Martin Luther King was assassinated for supporting when he was there. In the final part of the Socialist Manifesto, Sankara maps out a strategy for the U.S. socialist movement that unsurprisingly fails to acknowledge significant social actors besides the socialist movement itself and the labor movement. 
Nonetheless, he and his peers at Jacobin have dragged the idea of socialism outside of sectarian corners and academic margins and thrust it in the mainstream of the American left and even into electoral politics. It's a thrilling development, even if it will fall on other writers to figure out how all that stuff Sankara has pushed from the margins transforms the analysis. Leaving things out isn't likely to be a criticism hurled at Astra Taylor's book. In over 300 pages, democracy may not exist, but will miss it when it's gone, spans several millennia, and touches on not just virtually all of the topics noted above, but also the democratic rights of rivers or animals. The bulk of the book is seven chapters focused on antinomies of democratic theory. Freedom and equality, conflict and consensus, inclusion and exclusion, coercion and choice, spontaneity and structure, expertise and mass opinion, local and global. The book's conclusion adds two more, optimism and pessimism, and the tension between the historical precedent and the governing in the name of the present or future. Those pairings are well chosen, speaking to deep tensions and understanding what democracy is and could be. To explore them, Taylor incorporates wide-ranging historical examples and interviews with academics, politicians, activists, and many others, including what could be called the wisdom of ordinary people. Ancient Athens and the American Revolution are particularly important touchstones with the former often presented positively, while very critical light is brought to bear on the founding fathers of the United States. There are occasional standout passages, such as Taylor's description of the democratic governance of pirate ships and the federations of native peoples before the settler colonization of North America. But at times, Taylor's focus gets lost amidst. Democracy, when wrenched out of specific contexts, can be a pretty fuzzy term, and here it starts to mean something like the ideal society. The problem is that evaluating societies in terms of whether they live up to principles like equality and inclusion may be at odds with evaluating whether the mechanisms to give people a voice and a democratic control over their leaders are actually functioning. Democracy may not exist, but will miss it when it's gone, is thus the best seen as a spur to debate, raising far more questions than it answers. Taylor only briefly touches on how he, her queries relate to socialism, but that's a question well worth delving further into.